Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Dawn and our NFL Draft special episode. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to please leave us a five-star review. I am Donato Bucci, the Dawn, and we are pumped about this episode and we will get you ready for the NFL draft and everything you need to know about it so without any further ado let me bring in everyone's favorite JT Jimmy Thompson are you ready for this absolutely you know this is one of the the favorite shows that we do draft week is almost here this should be really fun yeah I think it will and um I think everyone's looking forward to some live sports action even though it's not a game but um it's usually a big day on the calendar especially for football fans and I think JT it's going to be even bigger um due to all the circumstances you know going on so I'm excited it's going to be crazy that it's in Goodell's basement (laughs) like I'm surprised Goodell is the most secretive person we know and he's gonna let us in his house with cameras like I'm I'm curious like what do you think is going to be in his basement well this is the thing though I think they're either just going to put up some fake background or, you know, purposely place, you know, some sort of actual background behind him, you know? So um, I I don't think we're going to get to see much into his house. We're not going to see the real Goodell. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I feel like if he really wanted to win back, like, the public opinion, which he probably does not care about, he would just show whatever's in there. They'd be like, oh, crap he has a poster of like star wars he's actually a human like i think that'd be good for him to do that yeah or take us around the tour of his house with the laptop kind of like, like Chris. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you read my mind <laughs> now that would really get us going so here's the question and i don't know if, if vegas has a line on it does he wear a suit or does he go casual i think he goes casual like a polo shirt or like an unbuttoned just dress see, shirt i can see him wearing like a white t-shirt no yeah just a white t-shirt it's a white t-shirt nfl can have no. so much fun with- he, he's gonna wear like the most dad shirt of all time no i think if he doesn't go suit he goes with a um like a polo shirt or a, a new england but- patriots polo shirt yeah i get you <laughs> or a button down shirt like a dress shirt but you know the top buttons unbuttoned we'll see yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Hopefully, we'll remember for the next episode to talk about the beginning uh, of the episode, what Roger Goodell wore. So, without no further ado, let's go to, in honor of the NFL draft in the NFL and football, the opening kickoff topics. Our first one, JT, you and I are going to do a quick top 10 mock draft. We're going to put our credibility on the line and our football smarts on the line if we, we are have, so, we are, if we yeah, have any to begin with. We're historically terrible with these, but let's go. <laughs> I've been worse than you. I'll admit that. I've been way worse than you. Um, so, JT, number one, the Bengals have it. And if you feel like, hey, there's some draft 
uh, moves in terms of trades have added, if you want to guess at that. So number one overall, the Bengals are on the clock. Who do you think they go with? Uh, Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU. They can't blow this. Got it. I, I agree with you. I think there's no other option there for them. They got to take Burrow, and they will. So number two, the Washington Redskins. Who do you think they go with? Uh, Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. They also can't blow this pick. <laughs> I got you, too. I think they got to go uh, Chase Young, even though there's some questions about Haskins, but I'm with you. It's Chase Young. So I don't know if it gets a little spicy here or not. Number three, the Detroit Lions on the clock. Matt Patricia, what are you doing? So I want to preface this by saying that I feel this, a is what, alert. this is what we think that teams will do. This is not necessarily what we what, want to happen. Yes, I'm glad you prefaced that. Yep. And I don't trust my Dolphins to not do this. <laughs> and if they don't, if they prove me wrong 100%, I'll be the happiest person on, on next Thursday. But this is where I think the first trade happens. I think we make a trade with the Lions and we move up to get Justin Herbert. I think history repeats itself and we get another player from Oregon at number three. After trading up? Trading up with the Lions. So we swap. They move back to five. We go up to three, and we get the quarterback, Justin Herbert. Gotcha. Um, that's possible. I think the Lions are going to sit put. I think they're just throwing those feelers out to see how good of an offer they get. But JT, with Matt Patricia being a defensive guy, coming from Belichick, I think they go defensive player here. They go Isaiah Simmons. Your uh, boy. boy. Well, your, here's the thing. Your boy. I, I, think if, I think that pick would be great for them. But the only reason I'm, I'm scared that the Dolphins might move up is I think this move is to jump the Chargers from getting yeah. the quarterback they want. So, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous. I hope we don't. Like, let everyone jump us for any one of these quarterbacks. Right. But I think this is the thing why the Lions, it needs to be quite the ransom because I think – if Simmons maybe falls to the Giants, I don't know if he gets past that fourth spot. And then what does Detroit, you know, take at six? They lose, I think, a lot of value then by dropping back the six. Well, they'll go to not five. Not needing a quarterback. Yeah, they'll go to well, five. Well, no, what I'm saying is, uh, you're right, you're right. Either to five or six. I just think it needs to be a lot. And I think the Lions want Simmons because of Patricia. Well, the Dolphins have what it takes to, <laughs> to move up. They said they want a ransom of picks to that's move up true. to the number three spot. So That's true. Uh, Dolphins, please don't do it, but I just think they can't help themselves. <laughs> um, so number four then, after the Lions, or like JT says, after if, if there is a trade, after the three spot, number four, the New York football Giants, what do they do, JT? Um, I think they go offensive line to help Daniel Jones and Barkley. I think they go uh, Makai Becton, the tackle from Louisville. Oh, okay. Becton. Dave Gettleman loves those like big <laughs> athletic freaks. He this is This got his name written all over it. I agree that there's go they're going to go offensive linemen, but I think it's going to be Tristan Wirfs at that spot. I think they're going to go with Wirfs, uh, the tackle as well. So that's who I got. Um, but we both agree they're going for the same position to basically protect Daniel Jones. So then number five, JT, you're saying the Lions, in your case, would have number five because currently and originally it's the Miami Dolphins. So if your trade does happen, the Lions are moving down the five, right? Yes. So who do they take then? And this is why I can see this deal happening, because I think at five, the Lions get the guy that they wanted all along at number three, which is uh, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. Gotcha. Um, they did trade Darius Slay away. 
So at five originally is the Dolphins. I think they stay put because they do get the man you mentioned, Justin Herbert. I've got him going at five to the Dolphins. Don't say that. Why? This could. This is the worst thing that we could do. Why would we go get Justin we're, Herbert? We're, we're definitely going to disagree in some of these later segments then because I like that pick by the Dolphins. I love it, actually. Love it by the Dolphins, especially if they don't need to trade up to get him. Oh. So, at number six then, and may I say the, the reason why I don't think the Lions take Akuda, even if he's there at three and they stay put, they brought in uh, Desmond Trufant. I, I don't think they're really looking for another cornerback. They'd rather go best defensive player overall, especially outside of Chase Young, which some people would say it's Isaiah Simmons anyway. So, I think that's why they go with Simmons at number three. Well, anyway, well, hold on. Just, just one more thing. The, the only reason I think they go after Akuda is because Patricia's from the Patriots, and I know they usually build their teams through the secondary. That's and a good point. Akuda's too good of a, of a corner to pass up. Like, he could be their Stephon Gilmore. That's a really good point. But then I've seen lately in a lot of drafts him falling out of the top 10. So I think there's starting to be some dissent there on really how good Akuda is. And if they're just I don't, hyping yeah, you're right. I don't think he's, he's a top three player in the right. draft. Like, I don't think he's worth a top three pick. But they is can he worth a five? Top f- you, you got to make that move. Oof. And pass up Simmons? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, number six, then, the Chargers. Who do they take? I think the Chargers do the smart thing and stay put, and they get uh, Tua, the quarterback from Bama. I agree. I think at number six, they stay put and they take Tua as well. Um, so number seven, then currently is the Carolina Panthers. This is where I think the best pick in the whole entire draft happens. Isaiah Simmons slides all the way to them at number seven. Wow. I've, I've seen that. And I think I, I just, I don't see how, the lines can pass them up. But anyway, we've discussed that. So there, in my book, Simmons is already gone. Panthers like defense. That's the way they've built their teams in the past. I think they go Derek Brown, defensive lineman from Auburn at number seven. So number eight is currently the Arizona Cardinals. Their Who do you think is- they take? Their GM is terrible, so you never know what really is going to happen. Because <laughs> I feel like every season he's always drafting for his job, and he just, I don't know, he keeps surviving. But um, I think that they know they have their quarterback in Kyler Murray, so they right. get him some protection. Um, yep. uh, Jedrick Willis, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, the offensive tackle from Alabama, I think they go with him. Because they already have a left tackle in uh, DJ Humphrey, so they just extend it. So they get somebody on the right-hand side to keep Kyler Murray from getting destroyed. That's who I've got, too, the offensive tackle. Um, and I think his last name is Wills. Wills, sorry. Um, yeah, so I've got Arizona going that way, too, to protect Kyler Murray. So we agree there. Uh, number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars. Who do you think they take? To me, I think this is the first true terrible pick of the draft. And this is something the Jags would totally do. I think they get uh, C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida. Okay, okay. I think – They do go cornerback because they're trying to replace Jalen Ramsey, but this is where Jeff Okuda falls to them. I think this is where he goes. This is his landing spot. I agree with the position that that you think they go with, um, but I think Okuda falls to them, and and that's where they take him before uh, C.J. Henderson. But I think you might be right. If Okuda is gone, they they may reach with Henderson. 
And then to round out the top 10, the Cleveland Browns, what do they do, JT? I think they make a solid pick. Um, I think they go with Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle from Iowa. All right. All right. Well, I do think that they go with a tackle, but Wirfs, in my opinion, should be long gone and will be long gone before number 10. So this is where they take the offensive tackle you mentioned earlier, Becton. Um, I think that they definitely want a tackle and the other ones will be gone in Wills and Wirfs. So they're going to they're gonna settle with Becton at Man. number 10. Even with the trade, I've, I'm I'm worried at how similar our picks are. Like even down to the posi- position by team, we think we're gonna, they're gonna draft. Hey, we did our research. We're listening to experts. We're looking at team needs. That's what you do. You just don't throw darts at the dartboard and just say, "Oh, they're gonna take whoever," right? I mean, so that makes me feel good about my picks now. Or maybe it shouldn't, because we're usually not too good at this game. So let's recap real quick before we get into some of the other matters in the opening kickoff segment we both take at number one for the Bengals Burrow JT at number two and myself for the for Washington Chase Young at number three JT has the Dolphins trading up to their three spot with the Lions and taking Justin Herbert at number three I have the Lions taking Isaiah Simmons at number four JT has the Giants taking Becton I've got the Giants taking Tristan Wirfs at five. JT has the Lions taking Jeff Okuda. I've got the Dolphins taking Herbert at six. We both think the Chargers will take Tua. JT thinks the Panthers will take Simmons. While I've got the Panthers taking Derek Brown. We both think Arizona will take Jedrick Wills. And then at number nine, JT has the Jaguars taking C.J. Henderson. I have them taking Akuda. And then at number 10, JT has the Browns taking Tristan Wirfs. And I've got them taking offensive tackle Becton. So write it down. Mark it down. We'll see next episode, JT, how good or bad we really are. Yeah, we'll be – this whole thing will be blowing up once Jalen Hurts goes number one. Watch. <laughs> I don't know if that'll happen, but – um, I'm sure in that top 10, something's going to come up and you might be right with, with a trade. Uh, JT, a lot of quarterback talk, especially in that top 10, probably three might go. You, you may even see another quarterback jump in that top 10 or top 15 that we did not name yet. So 10 years from now, I always like to play this game, 10 years from now, who will we be saying is the best quarterback from this draft? That's a really good question. So, you know, my saying is it all depends on what the quarterback, where these guys end up. So in my opinion, the guy who probably is going to be drafted last in the first round is probably going to be the guy that's going to have, have a chance to have the best success. Um, to me, I just look at uh, Jacob Eason, uh, the quarterback from Washington, and I can see him kind of similar to like what happened to like Lamar Jackson or what happened, like even in that same organization, like uh, Joe Flacco, like going to a team that's already good, but they're just in a rare position where they can draft a quarterback in the draft, and then they still have a really good team. Um, I can see him going somewhere like maybe New England and, you know, getting with Bill Belichick. And, you know, you, you already know how getting with somebody like Belichick and the Patriots organization, what that does for a quarterback's career. And plus, he's actually talented. Like, imagine if he would have never gotten hurt at Georgia. Like, he probably would be the number one pick in this draft. Like, if 
He never gets hurt. We never hear about Jake Fromm. The guy was the number one, I think he was the number one high school recruit for a reason when he came out, uh, when he came out of high school. So he's got arm talent. He just needs to get with the right coach and the right system. And I think it could be him that we're talking about in 10 years instead of these other guys. So you're going Jacob Eason. Yeah. All right. All right. That's a little risky, but I like it. It's it's outside the box. I, I'm going to go with, and I know you're probably going to disagree, but my man, Justin Herbert, people are, for a top five talent and a top five pick, people are disrespecting him, including JT. Dude, I'm, it's, I'm disrespecting him for different reasons, but you know why, you know, people in, you know, the public are disrespecting him. It's because he went to Oregon. Nobody trusts Oregon players. Who from Oregon? Think about it has really panned out in the NFL at any position. But I, I, I mean, the, I can't think off the, okay, but that, I can't really that, that's think a problem. off the top of that my matters. head. Like I'm not Kiko Alon- but this is a whole different coaching staff and Kiko Alonso panned out pretty well. Had, how, I'm sure there's some so, other guys that I just can't think of right they've now. They've had so you put many me on the coaching spot. staffs at Oregon and it's the same deal. They've never had a quarterback that's done good. Joey Harrington, different coaching staff, terrible. Marcus Mariota, you already know how you feel about him. Different coaching staff. But I'm I'm going to tell you why. Hold on. I'm going to tell you why he is different, right? I've told you before I'm a fan of his, right? And I I will be worried his first year with the Dolphins because that that is somewhat of a death trap there. Because like you said, I, I totally agree with you all the time. And you're right that it depends on the situation you're put into on how quarterback can be so talented and so good, wrong situation, hurts him. I think Josh Rosen's kind of an example of that. Arizona didn't treat him well. Dolphins really didn't treat him well in terms of the people around him. But I like Brian Flores. I believe in him. So I'm going to trust he will take care of a top five quarterback in Herbert. Now, he's had four years of solid production, JT. We watched Mitch Trubisky. That guy started, what, 15 college games? And the Bears traded up for him. There was so much hype around him. And we watched him live against the Hurricanes defense that at the time, before Manny got there, that was not very good. And Mitch looked average at best. And a lot of it was because he didn't have experience. This guy has four solid years of production, 43 games. He's 6'6", 237. You know what Trevor Lawrence is? 6'6", 220. This guy is huge. He's mobile with his but you, arm. But you know what Trevor Lawrence is? He's a national championship winner, okay. and he's winning Hold on games. right there. Hold on right there. The other thing is, last two years, Herbert, 3,150 yards passing his junior year, 29 TDs, eight picks. Senior year, 3,471 yards, 32 TDs, six interceptions. And you know what Belichick always says he looks for in a quarterback is accuracy decision making well you know the two biggest things for herbert besides his arm strength and that he's actually a mobile big quarterback he has tight window accuracy and his decision making is really good and yes you might say oh what about the big games let me tell you something if herbert was playing for lsu or bama this year those teams win the national title in my opinion let's face it oregon was not so you're that saying he's good. So you're saying he's the best quarterback in the draft. Yes, absolutely. And I'll, I'll go a step further when we get into some of our other opinions on Justin Herbert. All right, cool. So I feel like I don't even really have to ask you much about this next question. There you so go. I already, you already basically told us your answer. So uh, we're talking about who the best player in the draft is. And um, a lot of people are saying that it's Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson. So 
in do you think that it's Justin Herbert over him as the best player in the draft? Yeah, I think I think Simmons is a at least a top three. But you know what I worry about Isaiah Simmons is that is he a little bit too much like a Jadavion Clowney and Javon Curse, where they're just so good athletically, their motors going, but will that translate for a 10-year stretch in the NFL? Like that's you know what, what I worry about. You know what? You bring up a good point I didn't think about. And I'm gonna answer that question and then we'll get into this topic. I don't think you'll have the Clowney effect because you got to remember the difference between a guy like this and a guy like Clowney is Clowney's been hyped up since high school. He was number yeah. one recruit come out of high school, right. number one prospect come out of college. And he necessarily, his game necessarily didn't transcend for people to keep giving him that ranking. So it's not like this guy, like you got to remember, I was reading the story. Simmons was like a three-star recruit that Clemson's uh, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator, Asked some guy who recruits locally for high school. I think he's from uh, St. Louis and he had one scholarship left and he said, Hey, do you have any like hybrid guys who are getting under recruited that I can give this last scholarship to? And they were like, dude, this guy, Isaiah Simmons has been killing our area. Like take a look at his tape. And that was the last scholarship that Clemson gave. So that tells me that the guy knows how to work hard and he's going to bust his ass for whatever NFL team he gets to, because he did the same thing at Clemson. He's not one of these guys where it's like, all right, he was five-star on Rivals, so, like, he's already mailing in because he knows, like, they're going to hype him up for the rest of his career. The guy is a baller. The only thing I do worry about, and you brought up something I didn't think about, is he's so versatile. I don't know if certain NFL defensive coordinators would know how to use him, and I think that will that could affect him depending on who drafts him. Yeah, those are great points you bring up, and that would be a concern that I have. The other thing is – if you want to, I can play devil's advocate there and say maybe what made him so great was he was in that Clemson defense. Oh, yeah, some, absolutely. On, on that side of the coastal, there was some – or that side of the ACC divisions, there were some bad offensive teams there. You know what I mean? And, like, some of that – like, where was he in the LSU game? I, he didn't make it. Where difference. was Clemson in the LSU game? Well, I mean, that's but, not fair. But, but that's what I'm saying. You have all this great talent. Like, hey – those are the games you got to shine. If that's the knock you want to give on Herbert, you got to look at Simmons too on the defensive, on the defensive side. All I'm saying is I think it's Herbert because this is the other reason. Last year at this point, everyone was saying if he was in the draft last year, Herbert would have been number one. They also like, said the thing. They also said the same thing about Matt Barkley, and look how that turned out. Okay, but I think not that I think I know Herbert has produced four years. And he's, but you gotta think he is more talented than Barkley, too. But you got to think about it this way. Like, whenever you're a quarterback in college football and you're putting up good stats for a notable team, like, you're always going to get that hype for, okay, this guy's going to be a top 10 pick just because that's what NFL teams are looking for every season. How can I get a franchise quarterback? So, yes, Herbert's guys, hype is going to be out of control. No, guys have dropped. Look what happened with Christian Hackenberg. One year, the, the year before the he, draft, when he was, was Christian coming Hackenberg at ever considered a top 10 pick? He's never been that great. He was he was considered to be a top ten pick the year before he was taken by who they, they were hyping him up. I never heard that hype. You mean the quarterback of Penn State? Yes, never heard yes. him say go, like, "Oh, go you know what? Up. Go Trade look it up." up to they get were Christian talking, Hackenberg. They were the year before he came out. A a year prior, 
he was expected to go top ten, and then the season played out, and he he fizzled. You know what? So. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you embarrass the the brand of this show by saying Christian Hackenberg's a top <laughs> ten pick. Let's get back to the question. So Justin, Herbert's I never the best said player. he was. I said he was hyped up to be the year before he was to come out. Just which has happened his name before. On this show is gonna get us get us discredited. <laughs> so Justin Herbert's your best player, and that's why. No, I explained why already. Four years of production, arm strength, tight window accuracy, decision-making. He's 6'6", 237, and he's a quarterback, so he's going to last longer than any of the other players we can come up with. I think it's Simmons, and here's why. Man, he's like – we already mentioned already, he's so versatile. First of all, just from like an athletic standpoint, the dude is what, 6'4", 240, ran a 4'3", there's only two other people in the history of football that have been at that size and have run that fast. Calvin Johnson, Megatron is one of them. And the other one is uh, a wide receiver from Notre Dame this year, uh, Chase Claypool. That's it. Just three people are on the planet that are this big and this fast. And then if you look at all his other workout numbers from the combine, he finished first or second in every defensive category. And he's a linebacker. Like that's insane. And then you just look at, like, the thing that, I, that we talked about before is his versatility. And especially in today's NFL, the more positions that you can play for NFL team, the better your impact is on the field. And just look at what he did last year. He played 100 snaps at edge, linebacker, strong safety, free safety, and slot cornerback. And while he was doing that, being moved around all over the field – and I guess this is how pro football focus. We love them. We go by their numbers. It's the Bible, right? He played all those positions while managing to grade over 80% as a run defender, a tackler, a pass rusher, and in coverage. And as a matter of fact, if we just look at the coverage aspect of it, I think for the past two years, he was no longer than an 88 grade from pro football focus in coverage. Like that's insane for somebody that big. And then you just look at the total snaps that he played. He played 820 snaps last year, which is a lot. And he divided his time like interchangeably between those five positions and excelled at every phase of the game. Like that's insane. There's no way you can't say a guy with that type of versatility is not the best player in the draft. And he has no injury history. And I'm pretty sure he's nowhere near hitting what his ceiling could be. And then if you look at this, what, what do I always say? If you're going to draft somebody high and you're drafting them to rush the passer, I want a guy that can get double-digit sacks. He only rushed the passer 70 times last year. Donato, how many sacks did he have last year? I'm guessing at least 10 then if you talk about double digits. He had seven. So imagine if somebody says, you know, we're going to devote this guy full-time to going to get the quarterback. Seven t 70 times he rushed the passer and seven times he got there for sacks. Like, I like, the, I like those percentages. And then here's my final thing. He's the first player in FBS – since 2013 to record at least 100 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, eight sacks, and multiple interceptions within the same season. Do you know who the other person is, the only other person in college football history to do that is? In history or since 2013? I think this is history. Uh, Lawrence Taylor. No, Khalil Mack. So uh, That was going to be my second guess. He's it. He, the numbers show that he's a special player. And think about it. We didn't even know about Khalil Mack really when he came out of Buffalo other than that one game he played against Ohio State and he balled out. We've seen Isaiah Simmons. We know what he can do. We know he's an athletic freak. But he's backing it up on the field, and the numbers show it. There's no way you can't say this guy isn't the top player in the draft. Well, you always say – well, one, I say it's Herbert because quarterback position, guess what? Not only is the most important position in football, 
it is the most important position in sports, JT. So if I have a guy that I think is that legit at QB, you better believe I'm going to say he's the best player in the draft because he's playing the most important position. He's a franchise changer, whereas Simmons maybe could. But again, we've seen it. Look at Killer Mac. He didn't have that great of a year this past year. And as pieces fall around you, you're not as good on defense. And you've always said it. Oh, look at Clowney because he had water on the other side. Well, guess what? At Clemson, JT, he's got five four-star studs all around him. When you get to the NFL and you're playing on possibly a Lions team or a Jaguars team now that their defense is depleted, guess what? You're going to see a lot more double teams, a lot more offenses try to avoid you. So how are you making those plays? You've always said it yourself. It's the guys around you, too, that make the defensive players. And to prove that I'm not crazy, here is an article from 2015. No, you are crazy. We know this already. It so says right here. That it says right here. Hackenberg's name is all over the mocks. ESPN's Todd McShay has him going first. NFL he, Draft. Hold he, on. I'm answering your question. NFLDraftScout.com and Sports Illustrated projecting him going sixth. And SB Nation puts it all together sending Hackenberg to Houston at number eight. This is a year prior to the actual draft. What I'm saying is things change, but it didn't change for Herbert. The only knock against him is it's Pac-12. I guarantee you, he put those stats up at LSU or Bama, he'd be going number, number one overall, no doubt. They'd be comparing him to Peyton Manning and everybody else that came out number one overall. That's it. That's what I'm saying, and that's why I think he's the best because I think he will produce. All right, you heard it here first. The Steelers were traded up to get Justin Herbert. Because I didn't say he, that either. He See, is the best player in the draft. He I, get what, I get what you're saying. I just don't think he's going to – he he just seems like one of those quarterbacks where he won't elevate the team. I'm not saying he's not talented. Clearly, he has a rocket arm. He's He's got size. He's not horrible. When I think of the best player in the draft, I'm thinking of a guy that, all right, if you pick this guy, the chance of him being a bust are so low, and it's Simmons. No, I, again, I think you can go back and look at a lot of guys that were like Simmons that ended up, yeah, they might have a good stretch here or there, but we're talking about best player coming out. And when I say that, I mean at the end of their careers. Yeah, maybe Simmons has a better year this year or in two years, but over the career, I, I think it'll be Herbert. But before we go to the next topic, JT, what I would like to say is you're going to be thanking me when Herbert does so well for your Dolphins. So yeah, you're welcome. When he, when he throws that per, first pick six to, to uh, whoever <laughs> you guys got back there, to Joe Hayden. Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Dolph, I, I just know the Dolphins are going to do something crazy like this because they can't help themselves. We're just one more year away from getting Trevor Lawrence. Just stay the course, man. Get as much talent as we can, then go get Trevor next year. It's that easy. But speaking of the Dolphins, uh, we both agree that they're going to get a quarterback in this draft somehow. Um, and I said that they were going to trade up to get uh, Herbert. And then uh, you think they're going to get uh, a quarterback somehow. Here's the thing. There's another rumor out there that, okay, so the Dolphins owners and the higher ups like Chris Greer, they are all in on trading up to get Joe Burrow at number one, which would be crazy. Now, the only thing that's reportedly holding this move back is that the head coach, Brian Flores, is not in on this move. So, obviously, this shows they have respect for the coach if this is true. So, Donato, 
you said, you know, everybody has Burrow going number one. If the Dolphins are having this conversation internally, do you think they should make the move, pull the trigger, and go up and get what people perceive to be the best player in the draft in Joe Burrow? No, I take nothing away from Burrow, but if Tua had stayed healthy, or again, if Herbert was at LSU, we would be debating who should the Bengals take between Tua and Herbert as number one. So if the Dolphins, in my opinion, can get Tua or Herbert at five without trading up, then why trade up? Why get rid of, you know, capital that you've in acquired tra- in trade picks exactly what you've acquired to jump up three spots to take a guy that personally I like Burrow and I think he's worthy of the number one. But again, if Burrow was at Oregon, we wouldn't be having he'd this be debate. Justin Herbert. <laughs> exactly. Well, it wouldn't be that he's Justin Herbert. He'd be getting the the public opinion and media attention that Herbert's getting. He's which a Pac-12 means quarterback. It'd be a lot less. Exactly. So. Burrow will still go number one in the Bengals, but for that reason that I mentioned, I don't think the Dolphins should trade up for Burrow, no. Yeah, I agree with you. We absolutely should not do this. And kudos to Brian Flores if this is true. This is why we believe in you. Uh, Like we already said, the Dolphins need so many other pieces, and getting Joe Burrow number one is not going to fix us. Um, And like we already talked about, I do think he's a little overrated. And this would be like when the Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen if we did this. He'd look terrible with the Dolphins, and we'd be set back another five or six years. If anything, we should be trading back to acquire more picks because I don't think we should get any of these quarterbacks. To me, and I guess I'll ask you, I'll ask you another question. So I think I already know your answer. So if we stay, let's say if we didn't make a trade to go up to get a quarterback and we just stayed put at number five, and Tua Herbert and Jordan Love were available, what do you think the Dolphins should do at that at that point? Well, yeah, I've already said in the mock draft, it's Herbert. And I want to add one more thing why I think it's Herbert, especially for the Dolphins. He's used to, and maybe this is a good or bad thing, I don't know. He's used to the highs and lows of a season, which you're going to have with the Dolphins, especially that first year or two. Probably more lows than highs. Two has never faced that. And with injuries, we don't know if like how he's going to react. I think that's why two is a little bit better off with the LA chargers. Cause they've got more pieces in place for, for what he can provide right away. And plus Whereas, they can sit him for a year. Cause they got exactly, Tyrod. Exactly. And I think Herbert can handle those highs and lows and be confident and not get his confidence shaken. Now, what I would say about Jordan love where some guys, JT have him, Teams trading up I don't in the top get it. ten to get him. We'll talk and, about him later, but I well, don't. I don't get the fascination with him. Well, I'm going to talk about him now because that was the question, part of the question, and then I'm sure you bring up Jordan Love later. Next gen stats on him says he has a production score of 51, <laughs> which ranks him second to last among 2020 QBs. And then he had a really rough junior year against non-power five teams, where he threw 17 picks this past year, which is a 3.6 percentage. Inter- interception rating rate which ranks him listen to this 102 out of 105 fbs qbs who've attended the combine since 2014 the only guys worse were matt leadner tanner lee and a guy named Jameis winston so well, i would not be trading up anywhere in the first round to get jordan love yeah this is i think the hype with him is just everything around lamar jackson like, people see that this guy's athletic, he can pass. But, he's Lamar, got 
We Lamar just got it, but Lamar won, though. That's the thing. Lamar yeah, was a winner, and he, he won a Heisman. He won a Heisman, and he did in the ACC. Now, granted, sometimes we'll knock the ACC because, you know, sometimes the defenses are, always aren't the greatest or it's not a deep uh, conference, but it was still the ACC, man. And plus, he won the Heisman because it's Lamar Jackson. I mean, you can see in the NFL, the dude's a different animal. Jordan loves nowhere near that, that caliber of talent. But to answer that question – if we stayed at number five and we had to take a quarterback, I guess I would say Tua, but I don't love any of these guys. You already know how I feel about the quarterback situation with the Dolphins. But to be honest with you, I'm going to just kind of go off path, the path with this question. If we stayed at number five and didn't make any trades, I would rather us take Isaiah Simmons uh, or one of those offensive linemen if they fell to number five. That's what I would do if I were the Dolphins. So let me let me ask you this. You always talk about tanking for – Trevor Lawrence for next year 2021 draft let me ask you this if he played and won the title that first year and beat Bama but let's say now he was at Oregon and they didn't win the title this past year you know his stats very similar to Herbert's is this is this your your trying to get me to love Justin Herbert his stats were 3,600 yards 36 touchdowns eight picks can, can we just call this what it is you have been riding the Justin Herbert train since our college football preview show. I can't let it go. You can't let it go. <laughs> Guess what? The day is here. We'll get to see where he falls, and then he'll be in the NFL. If he goes to the Dolphins, we'll see what happens. Because I'm pretty sure right. you're going to pick him for the Hall of Fame pick, too. I already know that. I'll talk to you in 15 years about this pick. Yeah. talk And, you know, a couple years before that, talk to me about the Mason Rudolph pick, and then hey, we'll go from there. Hey, that was not on record, by the way. Can't find it anywhere. I've got the tapes on it. <laughs> you see what kind of person I'm dealing with over here? Let's go on to the next question. All right. So, JT, we've talked about your Dolphins quite a bit. And now it's time to talk the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Given James Conner injury history um, and that he will actually become a free agent after this upcoming 2020 season, the Steelers may have a chance in the second or third round to select a pretty good running back, right? This that is, is producing. Deep, it's a deep draft. Yes, yes. I like a lot of the running backs. And so, again, they don't have a first-round pick because of the the deal to uh, the trade to get Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins. But they do have a second-round pick and then the compensatory third-round pick at the very end of the third round. So should the Steelers go after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and draft him or someone else or, that's your, that's or no running boy. back? You, he is you, my boy. Lo- you love the little short, stocky running backs. He is my boy. They, they give you hope to play in the league. <laughs> still, still. <laughs> no, that's actually a really good question. Uh, I say why not? Absolutely. Uh, just because I like Edward Tillaire. I think he's he's a good fit for the NFL, and especially what the Steelers do historically at the running back position. But also, too, I just don't like James Conner. And ever since you guys have tried to make him Le'Veon Bell, he's proven two things. One, he can't stay healthy for a full season. Every time he gets tackled, I feel like he's going back to the locker room. And then also, too, he's proven that he's really not that talented, and he's been benefiting from playing in the Steelers' system and behind a great offensive line. So I think Edward Teller would be a perfect fit for you guys. He can run, he can catch, and he can block. And I think he'll be more durable, durable than Connor is. And just look at from like the receiving standpoint, because I know that's where you guys hang your hat on as far as the running backs, because you guys are going to be trying to copy Le'Veon Bell until the end of time. 
The guy caught 55 passes last year at LSU. That says a lot about what he can do as a receiver. And then also, too, you might not agree with me on this, but you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a running back that the Steelers know very well, Ray Rice, when he played with the Ravens. And Mm -hmm. I think you guys can use a player that has that skill set. That's an interesting similarity as far as uh, playing style. Going back to James Conner, though, real quick, I got to disagree with you on one of those points where you say he's just not that talented. I, I think you're way wrong. I think there. he's average. If he stays – oh, he's better than average. If he could stay healthy, think about the 2018 season he had. He made the Pro Bowl, and he was injured like the last four or five games. Because he, he scored had a, like 20 touchdowns in the first but, six games. But he's talented. Not only can he run the ball, but you saw with the Steelers, he can – catch out of the backfield and he's got the speed and size it's just the durability there's no way you can sit here and say he's just average he's above well, the, average. well the one thing i look about with him and it's really kind of hard to tell is kind of the whole chicken or the egg thing because the steelers last year in the beginning you thought they had their offensive line wasn't playing that well but i just think that the talent on the team on offense was bad the steelers have had a great offensive line the past decade so I just look at the one thing that scares me about Connor outside of the injuries is I think his yards per carry has actually dropped the past three years. So last year, I think it was the lowest yards per carry of his career. So you don't want to see a young running back getting injured a whole bunch and then see his yards per carry start to go backwards. So early in his career, I just don't think that he'd be as productive as he is in Pittsburgh with another team. But you're just saying that a lot of that's with injuries, which I would agree injuries plays a part, but not that, to begin with, that his talent's not a Pro Bowl so type you're, talent. So I think. think he's a Pro Bowl type talent. So, so here's so it's here's just the, the injuries. So here's the question that will ultimately end this debate. So, are you saying that if the Steelers have an opportunity to draft, whether it's uh, Edward Hilaire or somebody else that you really like as a running back in this draft, you would be okay with them passing on that player no, this year in this draft, and then you would be okay. I didn't with, say you that. Would be okay nope. with the Steelers extending nope. James I, Conner at the end of next season. No, I didn't say that. So let me get to my actual answer to your question. I was just saying he's a Pro Bowl type talent. What I'm saying now is, you know, Edwards Hilaire is my dude. But if come second, third round, if either of these two guys is there. They have to take it. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but if Cam Akers or J.K. Dobbins is there, they got to take them in either the second or third round. Because you're right. I don't know if they're going to extend them after this year, meaning James Conner. And if they do, it has to be understood that you're not getting that huge deal. You're not getting girly money. I don't think you're getting starting money, even though you may be a starter. But I think by the end of this year, we're going to know, especially if they draft a guy, who's going to be the starter in 2021. And if it's not going to be Connor, they'll give him backup money. He takes it great. If not, you know, he's, he's not with the Steelers anymore. So yes, Steelers got to draft a running back because of Connor's injury history and the other factor JT. I think Snell and a couple of those other guys just didn't produce. Oh, he's horrible. I don't know. I wouldn't say, man, you're knocking the running back. I wouldn't say Snell's horrible, but he's a good second probably third string running back so I you gotta I don't go even think he'll i don't even think snell will make the roster next year it depends if they bring in a cam Akers or dobbins and connor's healthy snell's gonna have to work for that third spot because they've got some other guys on on the list still on the depth he chart. will he will be a healthy scratch for all 16 next year Ooh, again depends who they draft mm. 
All right, so let's go to some another team that I know you dislike <laughs> just as much as I do, uh, the New England Patriots. And, you know, there's no such thing as having football news without a little bit of Patriots conspiracy. So let's – I want you to just, you know, amuse me for a minute, entertain this. So there's a story out there about this whole uh, NFL draft and the Patriots having this kind of quarterback conspiracy and that there's rumors that they are actually in agreement with you on Justin Herbert, and they are trying to trade up to get him. What are your thoughts on if this rumor is actually true? Uh, I don't believe it because that's not Belichick's style to trade up into the first round for quarterbacks. Cool. We've seen so it. He, cool. So they're going into next year with Jared Stidham as the quarterback. I'm not saying they're not going to take. See, again, you like to take one thing that I say in answering the question and turn it into this whole thing I never said. I said I don't believe it because he doesn't trade up into the first round to draft quarterbacks. Does it mean they're not taking one later on that maybe a Jacob Eason or a Jake Fromm falls further to them? Not that I would want Jake Fromm, but what I'm saying is they may take a QB, but they're not going to have to trade up in the top five, top ten to get Herbert because that's not what Belichick does. <laughs> Excuse me. Like you see, you don't you even got believe me all your, choked you don't up. believe your answer. <laughs> You've got me choked up. He's like, the, he's like Belichick, please trade up to go get Herbert so you can prove me right. So the listen, the Finns, the Chargers, possibly the Jaguars might be taking quarterbacks. So for the Patriots to have to jump up, it's gonna be too steep of a price. And you know Belichick don't play that game. Here's the thing. When I first heard this, I was like, I was the exact same way as you. This is not something that New England would do. They're more of let's sit back and wait for the other teams to make a mistake on draft day. But here's two things that are, you know, unique circumstances. One, I think this is top to bottom. This is a really good quarterback draft as a whole. So if you need quarterbacks, you have to draft one this year. And also, too, the New England Patriots, as, as great as they have been, the one thing that I say they're consistently bad at is the draft. Like, if you go look at their drafts, like, a lot of those guys don't even make the roster. Like, you're like, where is this guy? They're not even in the NFL anymore. I think that Belichick really likes Justin Herbert. And if this was – if there was ever a time for them to trade up and go get somebody, it would be him. Because, one, he knows we can give somebody our entire draft because we suck at drafting anyway. And also, too, if we keep that draft pick, it's really not that great anyway, and we might not get a quarterback that we want. So why not trade up? Go get the guy we want, and then we're set from there. Okay, listen, they don't suck at drafting. You may think that because we expect them to hit a Hall of Famer no, even they, in the they, seventh round. No, no I'm no, not no, saying no, that. No. I'm, if you Honestly, if you go look at their drafts for the past, ever since Belichick's been there, yes, right. of course. Of course they've hit on some players. I mean, I hope they would in 20 years. But if you go look at a lot of their drafts, they might get one guy out of that draft is actually contributing to the team. Like it's some, not a some great teams don't record. even get one, bro. Some teams don't even get one. You know the average. The, Steel of getting, the Steelers have had no, no, a, a the, way better draft, average, draft record than the Patriots have. The average percentage of getting a Pro Bowler, like in a draft, is like a little less than ten percent, bro. Like you're lucky to get one out of seven to eight picks, be a Pro Bowler. So. Like, you're expecting greatness from them all the time. And even if that is the case, even if you think their draft isn't that good, it's still not Belichick style to give up draft capital I know, but to this go is a, in a first this round to get a quarterback. Is a unique situation. It's Jared Stidham. 
<laughs> but it's so, somewhat of a deep quarterback class too a little it bit. is it's i can see them either trading up to get herbert or if not standing put and getting eason but i think this could happen so let's go a little bit let's go somewhere else with this story which i know you hate when we talk about stuff like this uh, this is a jt talk <laughs> we should have like a flash news alert jt topic all right, so Mike Lombardi, who, uh, if you guys don't know him, he is a former ex-personnel executive with Bill Belichick. So he was recently accused of spreading uh, negative injury buzz on uh, Tua to benefit the Patriots uh, after he recently reported, I think it was uh, last week, where he reported on his show that two teams told him personally that they flunked Tua uh, during his pre-draft physical. So, we always say the Patriots are doing shady things behind the scenes. Do you think this is true, and what are your thoughts on it? All right, listen, you know I'm not a Patriots fan, but this is all conspiracy. JT's the one that loves conspiracies. I'm not a big believer in the conspiracy theories. So, I'm going to say that Mike Lombardi checks his sources in his information before reporting things. So, I have no reason to think he's making this up. Um, Listen, we know. Tua is injury prone. So, like, he is reporting what he found out and what actually we already know. So, it is possible that they're finding concerns about past injuries besides the hip, the wrist, the ankle. So, maybe it hurt even, even if you think he's making it up, JT, okay? This is my final point on it. Maybe it is hurting Tua's stock. But no way he falls all the way down to the Patriots, all right? Plus, teams had to take injuries into consideration with Tua from the start. Yeah, if anybody heard his draft stock, it was Nick Saban leading him (laughs) in that game. (laughs) Even before they couldn't examine him because of the social distancing. So why would this even be a surprise? And he's only doing his job by reporting the information that he's been given. But even if... Even if he is making this up, you really think Tua is going to fall into the into the late first round because of this? Uh, we'll we'll get to that question later. Um, okay, then. Do do I think that people conspire to affect the draft stock of certain players in a draft? Absolutely. I, I think it happens all the time. Uh, case in point, uh, your boy Laramie Tunsil. I definitely think some team leaked that uh, that video of him on draft night smoking a bong. So I do think that happens. But here's the thing. If somebody and also too, the reason that I wanted to ask you this question is because I don't know if you saw the clip, but when they brought this up on Lombardi's show, he got really, really defensive about it. But I understand because his reputation is at stake. But here's the thing. If you're going to try to pin this on Lombardi as, all right, I'm scratching Bill Belichick's back. It's got to be with it can't be with a player like Tua because everybody is taking shots at Tua for his injuries. I saw that. Uh. Former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer came out and said, you can't draft this guy. Look at the injuries that he has. It's not like a sprained wrist or a broken arm. The dude's got a, a, a hip injury. He's got multiple ankle injuries and surgeries. So, like, everyone knows that the tour injury thing is serious. And I think a lot of teams are scared off by it. And it, Michael, whether Michael Lombardi reports this or not, it's not going to, you know, change the fact that teams are going to be hesitant when considering drafting him. So, if this were another player, I would say there would be some legs to it. But because it's Tua, I can't really get with it. All right, so let's go into uh, our halftime segment. So this is where we get to touch, you know, as many players within the draft and give you our thoughts on them as possible. So 
Let's see if we're going to be geniuses or fools for another season. <laughs> well, we were fools last year. Yeah, for Jake's. real. <laughs> so are we going to be fools for another year more uh, likely? No, I think we're going to I think we're going to be geniuses this year. I feel so. good about what we've done so far, though. You also feel good about Mason Rudolph. So let's go. Let's go <laughs> Again, the- I have no idea what you're talking about. So uh, best player in the draft. I think we already know this. For me, it's Simmons. Is it Herbert for you? It's actually a mix of Herbert and Jerry Judy. How do you like him? I, I think he, yeah, he's amazing. All right. So most overrated. Um, can I give four names or no? Oh, it wouldn't do be I need- a JT and the Don show without you giving four or five people. So, <laughs> hey, why not? Let's go, let's go with it. All right. So I think Becton is overrated. We, we spoke about him earlier. Um, the offensive lineman, a lot of comparisons to Eric Flowers. Um, then I think Jordan Love, and then two guys we have not named yet, A.J. Terrell, the cornerback of Clemson, and then the edge rusher from Penn State, Gross Matos, both guys considered first-rounders. I think they're a little overhyped. Yeah, I wanted to put Gross Matos on this list, but I, I feel like I didn't know enough about him to even talk about him, but that's a good pick. Um I think I'm going with your boy, Justin Herbert. And if the Dolphins get him, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I agree with you on Jordan Love. Um, I do think you gave some great stats on him earlier. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, and this is what scares me. He reminds me of the Sean Kaiser when he came out of Notre Dame. Like that same player turns the ball over a lot. And they think just because he's athletic, he's just going to turn it around the NFL. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, these next two might surprise you. I think Henry Ruggs is an overrated player to me. It's always those guys like John Ross that just come to the combine. They they run a fast 40. But then, like, when you go look at the tape, like, he's that fast. He was on Bama, and he was that good. He should have dominated more. And then uh, my last overrated player is uh, A.J. Dillon, the running back from Boston College. He's too big to to not have any burst and to not have, that like, any physicality to his game. Like, I went back and I was watching his highlights. Dude rarely ran people over, and he's 250 pounds, and he just looks slow. So I don't see that translating well to the NFL. So okay. flip this. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? No, I said, okay, okay. I see you, JT. JT doing his research this week. You had some other numbers earlier. I forget who you were talking about. Oh, Simmons. I mean, we know you like him when you're doing research on the guy. Hey, look, man, I'm just trying to – Educate the people on why the Dolphins <laughs> should draft him. All right, so let, let's go the other way. Let's go. I think this is going to – this was so hard for me to answer. The yeah. most underrated. Do you want to go first on this? I feel like I'm taking a lot of your picks. No, go ahead. I just want to okay. see I just want to see how, how much you try to copy me. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I got two guys. Darrington Evans, the running back from Appalachian State. Um, I think he might be he might be a baller. They could use him in certain situations. And then the edge rusher, I should have probably kept him for a different segment. But anyway, the edge rusher, Alex Highsmith of Charlotte, he actually had to walk on there, JT. And then in 2018, 17 and a half tackles for losses, then followed that up this past year with 21 and a half tackles for losses and 14 sacks, JT. That's your type of player right there. Double digit sacks. Yeah, he's got more than Jadavion Clowney. I'll tell you what, he'll get paid. <laughs> um, this is really tough. So I have four guys just because I think this draft is so deep. Um, the first two I won't spend that much time on. Um, I think Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from LSU, is really underrated to me. And he keeps saying he's the best receiver in this draft. 
And I've just gone back and just look at his games, man. He has some serious game. Uh, also, too, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety from Minnesota. He's a sophomore. But, of course, his dad was an all-pro defensive back. Dude has seven interceptions last season. That just shows me he's a playmaker, plus he's physical uh, at the line of scrimmage. Um, I talked about this guy on the combine show, uh, Jeremy Chin, the safety for Southern Illinois. He went and blew up the combine. He's an athletic freak. He's big. He's basically a lesser version of, a, of Isaiah Simmons. So I think anybody who gets him uh, will be happy if they, they'll get a steal. And then also, too, the safety, Geno Stone from Iowa. Uh, I feel like you've kind of talked me into the whole Kurt Ferentz thing, and I got to go with that. Uh, if you look at what he did last yeah. year, he broke up more passes without having to see the quarterback physically throw it past him than any safety in ever in a single season. So if you think about that, that means that the dude is a playmaker and he's smart and he knows what he's doing. And I was looking up his coverage rates for pro football focus. He's in the high eighties for the past two seasons. So he plays at Iowa. He's smart and he's good with technique. I think that'll be a good, uh, good pick for somebody. I like, um, I like that Justin Jefferson one. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was hesitant to pick any LSU players as good, but I went back and watched him. He's a baller, man. Him and Jerry Judy are my one-two for receivers. All right, so uh, let's go to sleepers. Ooh, I got some sleepers, JT. I got some Division two players. Wow. That's, that's the See, type you know of what? sleepers we got. You can you can tell you're trying to get some kids uh, <laughs> recruited to college. You're like, look, I got Division two guys I'm watching. Go ahead. Educate so, me. I got two guys, both receivers, because you know I like the playmakers. Matt Cole. From the small college of McKendree, that's in Lebanon, Illinois. There's only 4,500 residents in that town, JT. But he ran a 4.4840, has a 37.5-inch vertical jump, and he had 939 yards and 12 TDs this past year. And then the other guy, Zamari Manning. All right? Now, I like the nickname for him, Super Zamario. How do you like that one? Zamari so, Manning. So Italian. Right? So <laughs> he's 6'2", even though he's not a town, but he's 6'2", uh, 210. JT had over 1,400 receiving yards and 22 touchdowns. I don't care what league you play in. If you're playing college football and you put up those numbers as a receiver, you can ball. All right. I like those. I haven't heard of any of those guys. Uh, I got that's three. why they're sleepers, bro, and that's why fans listen to our show. Yeah, shout out to Super Zamario. If you if you hear this show somehow, uh, give us a like. We'll love to bring you on so you can tell us your story. Uh, I had three. Uh, I think you've heard of most of these guys, but I just don't think they'll be getting the hype come draft day. But I think they'll be really good. Uh, my first one is Van Jefferson, the wide receiver from Florida. I just, I just remember, you know, people always say the tape doesn't lie. I remember, I think you were watching this game with me for some reason, but uh, when LSU played Florida, he was the only player on Florida that jumped off the screen to me. I'm like, all right, I think that dude can play. And then you take it to account that the bloodlines matter in, in football or any sport, really. His dad, Sean, played wide receiver in the NFL for 13 seasons, and he played in 12 playoff games. So I'm pretty sure he taught his son, you know, hey, this is how you – play receiver this is how you can be a professional at the pro level so I really like him I think he'll be good um another wide receiver I like is KJ Hill from Ohio State I've been reading a lot about you know 
players that are going later in the draft, everyone consistently says this dude's the best route runner, even though he's not that fast. I think he ran like a four six at the combine. But this was the part that made me want to put him on the, on the list. Um, you know, the Senior Bowl. I, I like that that whole thing where you know all stars from all over go to play against each other. They were saying when he was at the Senior Bowl. The entire week he was there, he won all but one of his routes in the one-on-one drills during the CEO Bowl practices. So he beat everyone every single time except for once all week. And if you think about it, if he can run routes, he's smart, he can beat the jam and press coverage at the line, you know as a receiver that can get you on the field early in the NFL. So I think he'll play a lot as a rookie, especially in the slot. And then – And what's that name again? Shout that name out again. K.J. Hill. Okay, okay. I've got to write these down, JT. i got to hold you to these. K.J. Hill, Ohio State, mark it down. And then um, my biggest sleeper, uh, I'm kind of taking a page out of your book, and I'm going to ride with uh, a guy that I mentioned a lot during my college football preview show. I'm going with Jonah Jackson, the guard from Ohio State. He was also my best transfer when he transferred to Ohio State from Rutgers. Um, I just think that he's just a beast, man. Uh, Same thing at Senior Bowl. They were saying that, he won most of his one-on-one matchups all week in practice. He dominated. And he spent all of his time in practice between all three interior positions. So that means he's versatile. So I think that can get him on the field earlier as a rookie. So let's go to where we're going to make our money in this show every year. So this is where we show just how stupid we are. Hopefully, Because <laughs> hopefully one year we're smart. Because my pick last year for these were terrible. And I know you've had some bad ones in the past, too. So let's go with the bust of the draft. Who do you have? Ah, JT, this was the toughest one for me. This really was the toughest one. Um, and I don't like this. Bit, and I don't like – dude. you love this topic. You love this specific category. And I don't like it because it's like we got to bash these players. We got to root against them. So it bothers me, but – and it, it, this is a terrible pick. Go I'm ahead making. and spit it out. <laughs> this is a terrible pick I'm making. And uh, our boy Clutch Hutch, he's not going to like what I say here, but I think it might be Chase Young who's probably going to go to the Washington Redskins. I think there's a lot of hype around him and how good he's been and what he's going to do. And they've been talking about him for a year. But it's, you know, toward the end of the year, JT. He didn't put up the numbers, bro. He was not a game wrecker, as Peyton Manning likes to say about certain guys. You feel like he he might finally be that one Ohio State defender yep. that, all right, he's not as good as everyone else. Exactly. Yep. yep. I can see that. Um, I took one on each side of the ball. Um, I'll go with defense. I actually picked your guy, Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. I just – I just ever since you picked him, I just haven't seen – I agree. With really, you. his yeah. really jump off the tape. He he didn't seem like he played as good as he should have been last year. I agree. Then with I, you. I don't think he worked out that great at the combine either. And then the bust of the draft. This is not because I don't think he has talent. I just think that he'll end up in a bad situation, and I think it's going to be your boy Justin Herbert. Okay. All right. I see. See, fans, see, notice the two busts are two guys that I really like. Now, I'll give you Grant Delpit in terms of he didn't play as well, but to say he's a bust, oh, that's a, I don't think about, I don't think that that will happen, especially because some guys don't have him go until the second round now. But, and then of course, he's got a dog, my guy Herbert, but that, that's what JT does. That's okay. Go ahead, JT. Next category. All right. So make a believer out of me. Who's your Hall of Fame pick? 
Jerry Judy and Justin Herbert. All right. I got Isaiah Simmons. Easy. All right. So let's try something new this year. Uh, you can give me one for each. What do you think will be the biggest surprise in this draft? And what do you think will be the biggest mistake? So let me start with surprise. So this is the way I looked at it. Surprise is something that I think will actually happen and it'll, it'll surprise a lot of people. So my surprise is I have two, but I'll pick one. No, do two. It's a fun Okay. One. The Steelers don't take a quarterback because a lot of people think they will. And then the Saints may trade up in the first round to get Jordan Love. Trying to replace Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill when it's time. Yep, yep, yep. I like those. Um, so, I and then I'll get, to my mis- I'll get to my mistakes, but you go, you go to surprise first. I actually only had one surprise. Okay. Um, I know that this wasn't reflected when we did our mock draft, but this is something that I think could happen. I can see Tua dropping out of the top 12. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I – I'm with you there. And I think that would surprise a lot of people. Good call there. Good All call. Right. Mistakes. I know you love these. Who do you got? I, <laughs> see, see how JT does me, man. On national radio airwaves. Um, so I got two mistakes. The way I looked at the mistakes were not that these were going to happen, but if it did happen, these are mistakes. First thing is the Lions not seriously considering trade offers at number three. I think if they get a really good deal at three, they got to move down, kind of what you've been saying. I'm just worried that they don't pull the trigger on the deal um, and that they're not seriously considering it. They're just kind of throwing some bait into the water to see what bites. Um, And then there's some rumors of this, and this would be a huge mistake. And – our boy, Mike Regina, I'd like to get his take on it if this actually happens. He's our Carolina Panther in-house resident expert. The Panthers taking Jordan Love at number seven. That would make absolutely no sense. It's been rumored, JT. You have your sources. I got my unnamed sources. Well, you're definitely right about that. That would be the biggest mistake of the draft. I don't know if I could top that, but uh, I have two mistakes. Uh, my first mistake is personal. And this is just because, you know, I don't want this to happen. I think the biggest mistake would be if the Dolphins stayed put at number five and they passed on either Isaiah Simmons or Tristan Wirfs for one of the quarterbacks. I think that would be the biggest mistake of the draft. And then another mistake, I'm kind of going to, it's weird that you brought him up. I'm kind of going to steal a page out of your book. I think the biggest mistake of the draft would be Jordan Love going in the first round. Okay, so we basically kind of both agree on on the mistake part. Yeah, the 17, Love. 17 interceptions in the Mountain West Conference. I can't see how that translates to a first-round pick. Gotcha. All right. So in honor of, you know, us talking about all of these draft picks and, you know, who we think is going to go where, who we think will be the best, um, let's try this also this new topic. What are some of your biggest draft steals of all time? Besides, obviously, Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you prefaced it that way because you knew, everyone knew what was coming. If not, we definitely would have lost credibility. Like that's, that's like when people say, like, oh, for writing your name on, like, the SAT, you get a certain amount of points. Like, that's – like, we're not going to ask that question. But, like, who are your other, like, biggest draft steals of all time? All right. So, I think we each got, like, a list of five, right? So, 
in no particular order, got to go with my boy from the Steelers, John Stallworth, Hall of Famer, four-time nice. Super Bowl champ um, in the fourth round. And then Charles Haley, um, he won five Super Bowl rings in the fourth round. He was taken 96th overall. Another Steeler, Mike Webster, I think the greatest center of all time. He was taken in the fifth round. And then seventh round selection. Not a, I was not a huge fan of his when he was playing, even though I think he's a really good uh, analyst, is Shannon Sharp, seventh round, one of the best tight ends in NFL history. And then another great tight end taken in the 10th round, Dwight Clark of the 49ers. Wow. You know what's funny? Out of all the names you named, I'm surprised. We only had one. Is that, it Shannon Sharp? Yeah, Shannon Sharp. You know I love, you know I love Uncle Shane. That's my guy. <laughs> But yeah, he was he was top of my list. Um, all the stuff you said. Uh, I had Roger Staubach, the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. He went in the tenth round, Ooh, won two Super Bowls. Look at you! Wow, took him, okay. took him to multiple other ones. Uh, personal favorite of mine, Zach Thomas, fifth round pick, uh, back in '96. The dude made seven Pro Bowls and five All Pro seasons. Like he's gonna get in the Hall of Fame, but you don't expect that out of somebody in the fifth round. Uh, another person, I liked him. Uh, back in the day uh, when he was with the Raiders as like in the organization, uh, Art Shell, but he was, he was a third round pick back in 1968 by the Raiders. Dude turned out to be one of the best left tackles ever. So I think that was a definite steal. And then I'm surprised you didn't have this guy. I, on your I know. Who, I, can I guess it? Who is it? Terrell Davis. No, I should have. I wanted to pick him, but there were too many other legends on this list. Uh, Deacon Jones. Ooh, what round? 14th. Wow, that was back in the day when they had 60, like 1961. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, rounds. Wow. Okay. Well, our Pittsburgh sports historian that we've had on the show before, Bob, he's not going to be happy with us because one, you ragged on James Conner earlier, and then two, we left one of his guys out from his Denver Bronco days. Uh, uh, Bob's a big Bronco fan as well. We left off Terrell Davis, sixth round pick. The thing with Hall Davis is it was so hard for me to put him over some of these other guys because I feel like he's great, but it's always within like a short time frame. Historically, I feel like he doesn't have some of the other clout that some of these other guys have. Ooh, I don't know. He's a Hall of Famer. What else yeah, he want? He but got that's the gold we, jacket. Bro, we have that debate all the time, he, though. He has the gold jacket. He does. I mean, shout out to Terrell Davis. We like him, obviously. He's a great player. Now you're I mean, just trying to make up for leaving him off your list. Too late, JT. I got I I gotta have Shea on there. Come on, man. <laughs> Seventh round. Yeah, true, true. Um, so we're gonna go into our two-minute warning. JT, quick responses here, real fast. Maybe one word responses here. So who you got? I'm gonna throw out a bunch of different names. Who you got between the two? At number one, do you take Burrow or Chase Young? Uh Burrow, gotta go quarterback. Yeah, got Burrow as well. Tua or Her Herbert? Uh, Tua, you know I hate Herbert. You know I got Herbert. Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb? This was tough. I got to go CD. I think he's the better route runner. Do you even need to ask me? If you do, it's Jerry Judy. Tristan Wirfs or Mekhi Beckman? Beckton. Sorry, Beckton. Uh, Wirfs. I got to trust Kurt Ferentz, right? <laughs> I got Wirfs <laughs> as well. I've got Wirfs. Um, who takes Jalen Hurts in what round? This was tough. Um, I want to say round three. 
to the Houston Texans, and this is the domino that starts the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Ooh. So what round? Round three. Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, you're you're not only making a, a pick there, but then you're starting to stir up some controversy. All right. All right. That's what JT loves. He And then that will be our first topic we talk about next show if that happens. Um, you know, I was torn here. I wanted to say New England in the third round, but I'm going to go a little bit of a stretch because that's what I like to do. I like to be wrong all the time on these. I'm going to go L.A. Rams with their second pick in the second round that they have, the L.A. Rams. You want to talk about controversy. They have a quarterback under contract for $100 million, and they're going to take another one in the second round? Wow. Yep, yep. I I, I think they like Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying. Um, and then finally – Team that wins the draft this year, at least on paper, immediately. I think it'll be the Dolphins because I think they will do the opposite of everything that I said they would do, and that will be the smart play, and they'll get as much talent out of this draft as possible. <laughs> well, I'm going to say Dolphins as well. You've got three first-round picks, JT, two second-round picks, a third, a fourth, and then three fifth-round picks. So I think – they're going to have a lot of guys, and it's going to look really good. But don't be surprised, JT, if the L.A. Chargers come out looking good. I like having them take Tua at six, and then they have a, what, a top six to top ten pick in each round this year, two through seven after that. So they can do a lot, a lot of good. All right, but I think we both agree the Dolphins, unless they butcher something, should look good on paper immediately after the draft. Yeah, like if they draft up to get her, if they trade up to get Herbert. So, yeah, as long as they don't do that and we don't take two at five, I don't think it'll be very hard for us to mess up this draft. You better take Herbert at five, okay? Because if not, I don't, I'm not going to like that draft. So, Herbert over Simmons at five for sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Because then what do you do if you don't get Trevor next year? Simmons can be the next Joe Green, and it's not going to matter because you got to put up points, and you guys don't have an offense. All right. We'll see what happens. Because you want to trade Tunzel and everybody else away. He's still, <laughs> he's still trying to convince me that Justin Herbert's the best player in this draft. I get it. I understand. I know who you're voting for. Go ahead. All right. So, JT, before we go, you know what time it is. Trivia time. All right. We're gonna I'm gonna keep it specific to the NFL and throw in some draft history um trivia. The first one, not quite draft uh trivia, but it's still NFL trivia because we just finished um the uh the decade here. Which NFL team is the only team to not have a first team all pro? this century so basically last 20 years who's the only nfl team not to have a first team all pro all pro is different than pro bowler as we know well that's i feel like that's such a trick question because somebody would ultimately say the browns but i know joe thomas has been like all pro at some point in the past 20 years so i don't think it's what's what's your guess you got five you got five seconds can't let the the listeners hang on too long here five four Three, two, one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tom, Tom. I'm just uh, trying to, I would say it's the Tennessee Titans. Wrong, the Washington Redskins. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's get into some of the draft ones now. Which team in the Super Bowl era 
is the only one to have two all-pro rookies. And then who are the two players? It's a little easier than you think, actually. So say that again. Which team in the Super Bowl era, basically meaning the last, what, 54 years or so, is the only one to have two all-pro rookies, meaning in their rookie years they made made the all-pro. Yep. And then who are the two players? This is recent, right? It is. It is. I'll give you that hint. I got to go with the Colts. And it's, is it Darius Leonard and um, uh, was it Quentin Nelson, the offensive yes, guard? Yes, JT, <laughs> your first one. Oh, my, my goodness. Gosh. You've got it. Yep. The 2018 Colts, Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson. Good job. That was that was a good one. I got two for you. Got another one because I got two for you. Oh, I've got three more for you. Come All on. right, cool. Who is the only team since the 1970 NFL AFL merger to have seven rushing touchdowns and seven receiving touchdowns by rookies, not the same player, two separate players, through the first 10 games of the year? Oh, God. And this is recent too. So seven touchdowns by a receiver and then seven touchdowns by a running back. Yep. Both rookies. Both rookies through 10 games of the year. They're the only team to have had this, accomplished that. Ooh. And I'll give I you want, a hint. It is recent. I this is a little say, bit more difficult. I want to say it's the Steelers, but I don't, I don't know if James Conner did that in his rookie year. Hmm. Not a bad guess. Uh, but I, I don't think it's them. Um Seven touchdowns rushing, seven touchdowns receiving through their first 10 games. Damn, that's really tough. Um, uh, trying to think who could have two players that good rookie year. Do you want another hint? Yeah. All right. The other hint is it's in the AFC. It's an AFC team. All right, because I was going to say the Saints with Kamara and um, Michael Thomas. Ooh, that was that was a good one, but um, that is AFC. not it. Not it. I'll try to look up the actual two names. Oh, you don't know the names. You just know the team. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Oh, crap. Then I got I to gotta just guess then. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll say the Giants. It is not. No, I mean, no, you said AFC. My bad. Sorry. AFC. Yep. Um, I got to go with the Steelers then because I, I just think it's them. It is not. It is not. And I'm looking it up and I'm not sure who the two guys are, but it is not. And it was the 2019 Raiders. So it's probably. Um, it's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. And then seven touchdowns probably came from receiving. Yeah, but um, I don't see who did they trade one of their rookies because I no, do not I see. I think it. it's I think it's the guy uh, Foster Moreau. Let me see how many touchdowns he had last year. He had five. He had five. Yeah, he only had five. Unless he had, I don't know. I think, really, really interesting. That's what that's what the trivia was reported as. But I don't know. Um, I've been trying to look for who the other guy was, but anyway, it was the Raiders. All right. All right, first number one drafted QB overall to win the Super Bowl. Who's drafted number one overall? Because those very rarely work out. Um. <laughs> True. <laughs> you need a hint? 
Yeah, there's a lot of number one QBs. You, you got to go back a while for this one. Past the 80s? Yeah, that's the last hint I'll give you because that narrows it down. That oh, narrows gosh, it down I, to I don't, that narrows it down to about thirteen years. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not going to get that, so I'm going to let you just give that one to me. Joe Willie Namath, come on, All man, right, that was cool. easier than you thought. All right, cool. last last one. I think you should get it. In 1984, the NFL had a supplemental draft for the now defunct USFL players. Um, who was taken number one in that supplemental draft? Was it your boy Herschel? Nope. You want one more guess? Uh, is it running back? No, that's the last hint I give you. <laughs> 84? Crap. 84, man. not a running back. Um, Five, four, three, two. I do not know. Steve Young. Ah, come on. You should have known that one. All right, JT, I'm ready for yours now. I, I always torment you with those. All right. Since 2000, uh, number one overall picks by conference, the SEC leads the pack with six players. Which conference is next behind them? You said since 2000, what? Number one overall? Number one, number one overall draft picks by conference. So by conference. Okay. the SEC is number one with six. So they've had six number one overall draft picks since 2000. Which conference is second place? I will go with. Ooh, I'm going to go with the Big 12. Actually, you're right. Woohoo! But here's the thing. <laughs> I tried to give you a hint, but what's the it's tied. Which is what is the other conference? Ah, OK. Then I will. The other conference I will go with since 2000, huh? I will go with. Man, 2000s a way back. I'll go Pac-12. Awesome. There you go. Got it. You got them both. Yeah, you got them both. Yes. See how I give you. See how I give you nice, easy ah, ones. Come on, we can't be nice to each other because you're mean to me all the time. So JT, great show today. Our NFL draft special. Um, this is our second one. So our our second annual NFL draft special. Looking forward to the actual draft. Um, it is this week coming up. So JT, again, great show. Uh, to all of our listeners out there, thank you for listening. And please remember to subscribe to JT and the Don on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And please remember, if you like what we do, give us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember, you can find us on social media. Our handle at JT and the Dawn. We can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So, again, thank you for listening to us. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. Now you are ready for the NFL draft. And JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.